0: Well, we are in week number three of this series called The Light Has Come. And uh, Christmas is such an interesting time of the year. How many of you love Christmas time? How many of you love it, okay? So many of you do. Um, I heard this one comment this week. Um, one, of, one of our men was describing to another um, newer attender of our church kind of um, our church, uh, how, how we function. And one of the things he talked about was me as the pastor, how um, my background, um, if you don't know my background, I didn't grow up in the church. I came to Christ and into the church um, very late in high school. And, uh, and one of the ways he described my perspective as a pastor was how that kind of informs everything I do. And I didn't really think about that much because it's just I, I just lived my life and I did not grow up in the church like maybe many of you did. Um, and so I remember even as a kid growing up, um, and, and I loved Christmas for a number of years, and then I hated Christmas for a number of years, and I think it was because when I got to a certain age, I stopped getting a lot of cool toys. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Um, but even, at, like, think about Christmas. It is so overtly about Jesus Christ. I mean, you listen to the words of some of the, the Christmas carols we sing, and it is unmistakable. It is all about Jesus, and yet you think about our culture, and, I mean, there's, like, literally, I grew up in this culture, in this very concentrated on Christmas during December, and really had no clue what Christmas was all about. Uh, singing Christmas carols and all these things and didn't really get what Christmas was about. I mean, you think about Christmas even, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole cultural thing. I mean, just think about Christmas music. Okay, let's think about Christmas music for a, for a minute, because I think there's a deal where if you are a recording artist, Okay, you are obligated to, at some point in your career, come out with a Christmas album, right? Or a Christmas song. And so I want to do something a little fun this morning. Okay, my friend Google helped me out. Um, I want to go through a list of some of the worst Christmas albums through the years by album cover. Okay, by album cover. So we're just going to go through some of the years. Okay, some of these will be brand new to you. And maybe you're going to go home and go, okay, here's the first one. It's uh, Raffi's Christmas album. Okay, that looks... Incredible, right? Okay, let's move on. The next one, Christmas with Colonel Sanders, okay? How to get a shout out to the Galloways, all right? (laughs) Colonel Sanders, okay? Who wouldn't love to have Christmas with Colonel Sanders, all right? Here's another one. Um, Billy Idol Happy Holidays. This kind of creeps me out. I'm just being honest. We moved from white wedding to white Christmas. (laughs) Something about hanging out with Billy Idol at Christmas does not sound good. Okay, next thing. Uh, We've got Christmas in the Stars, okay, in Kate, this is for you nerds, this was a 1980 release, this is Star Wars, okay, including the hit song, maybe you never heard it, what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb, okay, that was literally one of the songs on Christmas in the Stars, because we've got a Star Wars movie um, coming out here in just a couple weeks, okay, so next one is this. Uh, David Hasselhoff, The Night Before Christmas. I'm sure this was a hit back in the 80s, right? Um, Christmas with the Hasselhoff. Okay, next one. We have got a, it's a Waffle House Christmas, all right? There are worse things than a Waffle House Christmas, you know what I'm saying? Okay, next one. We've got a romantic Christmas. Remember, on test, okay, on the keys, piano, okay? Um, I'm sure that's super romantic, okay? So, guys make a mental note. All right, the next one, here we go. It is Chris. I don't know what this is about. Okay, moving on. Uh, we've got a wide-eyed or, or a wild-eyed Christmas night. Okay, 38 special. I don't know if we have any fans. It, they're an old southern rock band, so I thought maybe we're in the south. Maybe not. Okay, um, next one. We've got um, a more spiritual one. <laughs> Thank you for the dove. Okay, and this one did not get a laugh, but this was a weird one. All right, so <laughs> moving right along, we have got Redneck Christmas, all right? Um, and I'm sorry if I'm offending somebody in the room that may have this in their collection, already. Right? Okay, so one more here. No, we got a couple more. Uh, Sync, okay, the obligatory 90s boy band. Okay, of course, they've got to have their own um, deal. Sorry, JT fans. Next one. Um, we've got a whole different flavor, okay, of band. Merry Christmas with the mom and dads, all right? Uh, I don't know what this is about. If this is one mom with her three husbands, or what? I have no idea. But Merry Christmas with the mom and dads, all right? Looks incredible. Um, we got the leisure shoot and everything. Okay, uh, more disco, uh, Christmas disco, okay? Which lets me know that there was a previous Christmas disco, and there was a demand for more, all right? So here is that. And one final one, which I think is the worst one of all, Jingle Cats, all right? Um, yeah, whatever that is, okay? Uh, but this is literally a whole industry around Christmas. It's, it's a big deal in our culture, regardless of if you call yourself a follower of Jesus or not. It's a big deal in our culture. And so really what we're doing in this series is we're trying to, and again, this comes from my mind from, um, you know, and it is funny because I, all of my adult life, from the age of really 17 on, I've been a follower of Jesus. But those first 17 years growing up without Jesus and not knowing the meaning behind Easter and Christmas and all these things really does color or everything else I do. And so when we come to the season, I just think, man, there's so many people that that are are going through the season, even singing Christmas carols, but have no idea what Christmas is about. And so what we're trying to do through the series is we're working through John chapter one just trying to understand what Christmas is about. Even people who know what Christmas is about know that Jesus came. But we want to talk about why Jesus came. And so we're back in John chapter 1. You know, week 1, we we looked at this, this idea that Jesus was not just a baby in a manger, but he was God in the flesh, the light of the world, who invaded our darkness to bring salvation and so we talked about that in week number one. Last week, uh, we, we saw a character introduced in John chapter one, John, who uh, what came as a witness in the light, in Jesus. And last week, we had a special guest with us, a, 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 an individual who is kind of an example of a witness of the light in our generation. It's, it was Dr. Ugo from Guatemala. And so let me kind of remind you, we are, we are taking up a Christmas offering all month long, um, and we're trying to raise $10,000. In order to bless the ministry there, okay? Go Guatemala is what we're calling it. In this village of Los Arenales, we're trying to raise $10,000 to finish the roof on the church, school, multi purpose community building, and also to pay um, the salary for a teacher for a year, okay? Because we're starting a seventh and eighth grade kind of Christian institute there, uh, and so we want to bring the light of the gospel there, and so we're trying to raise $10,000 to do this, okay? We're off to a good start, but all month long we're doing this. In fact, uh, I want to let you know this. Next weekend, all of our giving, unless you designate differently, uh, all of our, our giving on our Christmas service weekend is all going towards this, all right? So all of your giving next weekend uh, will be going towards this $10,000 offering because, man, we want to bless um, Dr. Ugo and the ministry there, okay? Um, so that is coming. Speaking of Next weekend, next weekend are our Christmas services, okay, on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we've got a fun um, weekend planned. Uh, you should see there's some invites that are laid out on, on the, the chairs up in to come into coming to a Christmas service that may not be open to coming to church other times of the year. So I want to encourage you to take advantage of that. We're going to have fun next week, okay? Um, but today we're continuing John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. The light gives life. And again, the focus of this passage, the focus of the whole Christmas season is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And so this morning we're going to read John chapter 1 verses 9 through 13, and there's four things that we want to see about, about Jesus in this passage. So John chapter 1, starting in verse 9, it says this, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, And so there's four things that we want to see. We're going to kind of walk back through these these few verses here. Four things that we want to see about Jesus this morning and really about why he came, okay? So verse number nine, let's read back through that again. Verse number nine, it says this. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So here's the first thing we want to see about Jesus. Light, okay, and, and, and what we see is, is we're going to kind of fast forward into the book of John. In John chapter 12, Jesus makes another statement here, reiterating what John first said in John 1. Jesus said in, in chapter 12, verse 46, he says, I have come into the world as what? As light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. He says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And here's, here's what I want to make sure that we understand is that apart from Christ, we are wandering around in darkness, just trying to find our way. Like if you ever wake up in the middle of the night and you're stumbling around trying to find the light, this is our spiritual condition apart from Christ. Christ is we are wandering around in darkness. But Jesus says, I've come as light so that you would not be stuck in your darkness. I have come to illuminate the way. I have come to shine a light on God so that you could come out of your darkness. And the reality is for every single one of us, we are stuck in darkness, spiritual darkness, until Jesus shines a light. And this is chapter 6, okay? So Jesus says, John says Jesus was the true light. And I want to kind of compare this to another passage, another story that we see in John 6, okay? Let me tell you what's going on in John 6. Jesus has performed this incredible miracle where he has fed 5,000 people with a, a couple fish and five loaves of bread. Okay, he has multiplied the small um, lunch this boy brought to him, he, he he, he multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. And so the people are, Jesus leaves, he, he crosses over um, the sea, and the, the people are trying to, to find him the next day. So John chapter 6, verse 25, it says this, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. In other words, Jesus says, hey, you're not trying to find me because, because I did this incredible miracle, because you've witnessed this miraculous thing. You're coming because I fed you. I mean, like, we understand that, right? We're Baptists, we like to eat. <laughs> the people followed him. Jesus knew their motivation. It wasn't because of, of, of who he was, it's because of what he did for them. And it, he says in verse 27, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the sickle bread that I fed you with. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Verse 28, then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? What do we we need to do to be approved of by God? And Jesus answered them, verse 29, and said this, This is the work of God that you do what? Believe in him believe in him whom he has sent. In other words, he's saying, believe in me, okay? Here's the work that you gotta do. To be approved by God, it's not all this, all this busy work, this religious work. Here's the work, believe in me. Verse 30, so they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? And if, if I'm Jesus, I'm going, okay, so feeding the 5,000, like that wasn't good enough of a trick, okay, I, what, what other work do you wanna see me do? Verse 31, they they continue, Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So in essence, what they're doing, they're quoting the Old Testament, they're quoting the book of Psalms, they're they're talking about Moses, who was, to the Jewish people, he was the man, right? And he fed the people of Israel with bread from heaven. And they're kind of like, well, you know what? Um, Moses kind of rained down bread, and you just took a few loaves and multiplied it. So, like, His trick was a lot bigger than yours, Jesus. So what work are you going to do to prove your say to you? It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the what? The true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And he would go on here to say that, that he would say, I am the bread of life. And what I want you to see is, I just want you to catch that phrase. He said, he didn't say that the bread that Moses rained down was was not real, okay? He said that was real bread, but he said there is, there's something that's more real, the true bread. And he said, I am the true bread that goes beyond just physical bread. I give you life. And I want us to see that because I want to compare that to what John says in John 1 when he said that Jesus wasn't just the light of the world. He was the true light. He was more true and more real than the lights that light our, up our rooms and our homes and our world. He says, I am the true light. I am the true light of the world. So Jesus was the true light. Here, here's something else I want to see. Look, at verse, look back at verse number 10. It says this, he was in the world, speaking of Jesus again, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Okay, so think of this, Jesus who, it says, was intimately involved in creation, God created everything through him, so he he is creator, and he's coming to his creation, and it says, yet his people, the world, did not know him. And so let me, let me say it this way. Jesus was the original undercover boss, all right? How many of you have ever seen the show Undercover Boss? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, let me explain the premise. It's a pretty cool little thing. So a CEO or a high-ranking executive of a company or an organization, they want to improve their company, their organization, and so um, they want to see what it looks like. But typically a boss or a CEO, they see things from afar, from a distance. But if they get up close, okay, if the boss shows up, everybody acts different, right? Everybody's on their best behavior. So the idea is, let's dress up the CEO. Let's, let's, let's send them in to the front lines of the business, to the company, the organization, undercover. Okay, we'll put them in a disguise. We'll send them in as like a uh, like an entry-level employee, and they can get a feel for what the business is like, so they can help improve the business all right it's a brilliant idea I love it let me, let me show you some pictures of some of these episodes if you've never seen it okay here's here's one of these uh this dude on the left okay that's the before and then he's the CEO right and then here's the undercover boss okay so he comes into the business this is I think it's like a blob right he gets an entry-level job and he's just trying to get a feel for what the what what is really going on in the business okay he, he is the boss in the flesh, but in disguise. All right, here, here's, here's another one. Um, this is a lady, um, my favorite pizza shop, in fact, in Ohio. It's a place called Donato's, but she is the CEO, um, and she, like, disguises herself, comes in, and, like, she's taking pizza orders, right? She is the boss, but she's on the front line. She's trying to figure out, okay, what's really going on here in the business in, in, with the day-to-day, everyday people? Okay, let me give you another picture. Um, here is um, a dude at Yankee Candle all right Um, that dude's selling you candles and kind of creeping you out right (laughs) that is your CEO and the, the thing that's so funny about this is like nobody knows that that's the boss and they're talking like normal employees like can you imagine if your CEO comes in and you're like talking trash about your bosses and all this stuff and you come to find out oh that was literally my boss, and he ends up firing you later on because you didn't know. Okay, here, here's another example. Um, this is Deion Sanders. Apparently there's a celebrity <laughs> version coming out. Okay, if you don't know Deion Sanders, prime time, big time NFL and Major League Baseball player, um, and he's, you know, he's going undercover as a high school coach, I think is the deal, all right? And that's coming up. And so he put on a little weight there. Prime time's not so prime time anymore. This is Hootie. Okay, Darius Rucker, who is going undercover. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's the deal. This is, this is the whole idea behind Undercover Boss. If you've never seen it, it's, it's a fun little concept. But what I like to say is that Jesus was the original Undercover Boss because the deal was we're talking about the creator of the universe, right? The CEO of everything who has created Everything that exists. And he comes to this planet, not as the king of kings and the lord of lords. He comes as a what? As a baby, right? He comes as the most vulnerable of all. As a little newborn baby. And he comes to his own and his own. Man, they don't even know him. They don't even recognize him. The God of the universe humbles himself, and he takes on flesh to come to us. And I want us to see in Philippians 2, and we've, we've, we've looked at this over and over, but I love this passage, Philippians 2, because it talks about who Jesus was and the fact that he came to us. Undercover, Philippians 2 says this, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the past, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so it says that Jesus emptied himself, and what, what happened here is he didn't empty himself of, of his divine attributes, okay? He, he was still God. He, he, he was still 100% God, and 100% man. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't empty himself of his divine qualities. He emptied himself of his divine position and equality with God. He stepped away from the throne of God, and he made his way onto the front lines. Listen, the God who is outside of time and space, okay? You go into eternity past, God is there. You go into eternity future, God is there. He is outside of time. And yet the God who is outside of time entered into human history, stepped into and amongst his creation in order to reach us, in order to bring us light. Does that not blow your mind Listen, a CEO who literally can, from afar, look at his company and say, hey, do this, do that, or whatever she wants to do from afar. And yet, undercover boss, right, they go into, onto the front lines, why? To change and to help change their organization. <clears throat> Maybe to get their 15 minutes of fame too, right? Whatever. Here's why Jesus came. He came to dwell amongst us to understand us, to love us, to show us light so that we would not remain in darkness. He was the original undercover boss. He didn't remove his robe of divinity, and he put on a robe of flesh. He didn't cease to be God, but he became man in order to reach us. And so Jesus was the true light. He was the original undercover boss. And then I want us to look at verse number 11 Verse 11, it kind of continues this thought, and it says that he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. In fact, what you see when you look at the life of Jesus kind of played out, what you see is it wasn't just that they didn't receive him, okay? When you come into a new environment, maybe you're the new kid or the new employee or whatever it is. It's one thing. It's difficult to not be received, right? To not be accepted by others. The scriptures say that he wasn't just not received, he was rejected. Jesus was rejected by men so we could be accepted by God. Think of the, the depth of that statement, all right? Jesus was rejected by men, by his own creation, The ones he loved so we could be accepted by God. And and listen, when we talk about Jesus being rejected by men, we're not just, what John is talking about here, these verses, it's not just talking about baby Jesus anymore, okay? Because you you know what is true of sweet newborn babies? They don't get rejected, right? Everybody loves a sweet newborn baby, I mean, how many of you see a newborn, and you're like, oh, how sweet, how cute? Listen, I'm sorry. Newborns are not cute, all right? They're little aliens. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I've I've had four kids. I loved every single one of them, but every one of them looked like an alien when they were born, all right? They had to grow into some cuteness. When When you see a newborn, you're like, oh, how cute, what you're really saying is, oh, they're a tiny little human, all right? They're sweet because they're little. They're not cute, all right? Little newborn babies don't get rejected. They get accepted. They get loved on, right? We're not talking about sweet little baby Jesus. We're talking about grown Jesus brings light to the world who preaches the gospel and who gets rejected by his own people, who gets pushed away, who gets pushed aside, who gets beaten and mocked and crucified. This is the Jesus that we're talking about. Isaiah 53, I know we've seen this before, but, but we need to see in the storyline of, of the scriptures and of all of human history, this was God's plan. That this was predicted, that Jesus knew this was what he was stepping into when he stepped into this earthly body. Isaiah 53, the prophecies said this. Isaiah 53, 1, it says, Who is believed? What he has heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, speaking and prophesying of this coming Messiah, he grew up before him. This is hundreds of years before Jesus even came on the scene onto the earth. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. And listen to this description of of Jesus and what he endured. He was despised and rejected by men, by his own creation, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and is one from whom men hide their griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Verse 11 goes on to say this, you know, why did he do this? Why did he endure all of this? Verse 11, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted, what? Righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Listen, he came and received all of this treatment from his own creation, from the ones he loved and created for his glory and for his purposes he did all of this to bear our iniquities to bear the weight of our sin that we could never bear he was rejected by men so that you did by god second corinthians 5 21 it says it this way say those first three words with me would you for our sake would you say it one more time for our sake for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might be, become the righteousness of God. This one who knew no sin, who never committed a sin, took upon himself our sin so that we could receive the righteousness of God. He was rejected by men so that we could be accepted by God. And I want to see verse 12 and 13. It goes on in John 1 to say this, but all, to all who did receive him, what does that mean to receive him? It, it clarifies, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor the will of man, but of God. And so here's the fourth thing I want us to see about Jesus is that Jesus has come to make us sons and daughters of God. Man, this is the most glorious thing of of all. Not just so that we could be accepted by God, but so that you and I could be children of God. Sons and daughters of God. Can I tell you a a pet peeve If we unknowingly say, make this statement. The statement is this, we are all children of God. Can I tell you that is a lie? We are not all children of God. Of God. Because if we are all children of God, there is no need for Christmas. There is no reason that Jesus needed to come. Because what you see in this verse, can we go back to that verse one more time? In John 1, verse 12, it says To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to what? Become children of God. So what that tells us is this. We are not automatically children of God just because we are human beings born onto this earth. We are all the creation of God. We all bear the image of God. But we're not all children of God. We have to become sons and daughters of God. In verse 12, it clearly tells us how we become children of God. Uh, Look at it again, but to all all who did receive him, who did what? Believed in his name, in the name of Jesus, to all who received him by belief, children of God. So you know what that means? Apart from Jesus, apart from what Christ did, we have no right to claim that we are sons and daughters or children of God. We have no ability to claim that because if Jesus did not come, you and I are stuck in darkness. You and I are stuck without God being our father, without being children of God. We have to believe it's not by good works. It's not by church attendance. It's not by your good works and your your goodness outweighing your badness. That's not how we become children of God. It's by believing in his name. And this is more than a mental, like, knowledge or understanding. It's it's submitting our will to him and believing that he is the Lord of all. Believing in him. Because apart from Christ, we have no right. He came to make us sons and daughters of God we're not going to look at this, but in John three Jesus has this conversation with a religious um, a religious man named Nicodemus and what he says to Nicodemus Nicodemus is curious what like, what does it mean to 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 know from God and he's trying to understand this whole spiritual thing and Jesus makes a statement to him he says, "Listen, if you are going to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, like, what does that even mean? Like, I've already been born once, so does that mean, like, he's kind of freaked out. Does that mean I have to go back into my mother's womb and come out again? Like, what are you talking about? And what Jesus was talking about was, no, no, you've been born physically. You need to be born a second time. You need to be born spiritually. And if you're gonna see the kingdom of God, you need to be born spiritually In other words, let me say it like this. You cannot achieve a spiritual birth. You have to receive a spiritual birth. You can't, listen, just as physically you were born, how much did you do in order to be born physically? You did nothing, right? You just showed up, right? You just showed up as a little alien one day, right? You just popped out and there you were. You had nothing to do with it. Spiritually, the same thing is true. You and I can do nothing to, a, to achieve spiritual birth. We have to receive it. It has to be given to us from God. We have to be born again. Go back to John 13. Uh, can we go back there? It says this in verse 13. Who were born, okay, speaking of spiritual birth, and it says three ways that we're not spiritually born and one way that we are. Not of blood, in other words, this, you're not a child of God because your your parents were Christians, okay? It's not something that's passed down to you by birth, okay? It's not by, not of blood, it's nor of the will of the flesh. In other words, you can't will it to happen, you can't make it happen, you can't do enough to make yourself born spiritually and it's not nor of the will of man, okay? So nobody else can do anything for you, okay? A preacher can't want it enough for you. Okay? It, it's not, from any of those things, but of who? But of God. It's a gift from God that he gives you when you do the only work, and the only work is believe in his name. Believe in his name. And so let me say it this way. We think about the baby, this this God-man who was born supernaturally. Listen, the one who came by supernatural birth is the one who is able to grant to us supernatural birth. The one who came by supernatural birth, he is the one who is able to, and it only comes when we believe, only when we believe. Let me share one more verse with you, First John 3, 1, it says this, see what kind of love See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called, what? Children of God. Children of God, and so we are. Man, check it out. Think of, imagine the kind of love, the degree of love the Father has given to us. Not that we've earned or achieved Man, think about it, he says, what manner of love, what kind of love the Father has given to us that we could be called children of God. This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus came. The the music and the gifts and the decorations and all that stuff is cool, but you you know why he came? He came as the true light. He came undercover in the flesh, He came to make us sons and daughters of God. He was rejected so that we could be accepted by God. And so let me ask you two questions this morning. One is this, have you received Jesus Christ? Have you believed, have you put your faith in this Christmas season? And we sing about Jesus coming to the earth, but we've never put personal faith in Jesus and who he was and why he came man, if you have questions about that, man, we would love to talk with you. But all it requires is this. I don't have to do anything for you. There's, nothing, there's no work that you have to do other than belief in his name. Say, God, I, man, I believe that you are the Lord and that you came and you died for me. And I'm putting my faith in you today. And maybe you would say yes to that. Let me ask you a question. Here's the other question. As we are in the midst of Christmas season when we talk about Jesus where does your heart go like when we talk about the fact that he came and we talk about the prophecies and this being the plan of God and He came to make us sons and daughters of God where does your heart go does your heart check out because listen if we are bored by the person and the work of Jesus God help us God help us. If we would sing these songs and our hearts check out when we talk about Jesus, the fact that He came to rescue us from our sin, to bring us out of darkness, and then we could sing and drink at Jesus came. It was so that we would not remain in darkness. That's why I came. And so God this morning. We just wanna come before you. In the midst of this season, it's so easy to forget why you came. And we think about the baby in the manger and we think about the nativity and we think about the commotion of that day. We think about all these things and we think about the commotion of our day and we think about the gifts we have yet to purchase and the plans we have yet to make. And the schedule that we have to navigate and the time off. And we think about all these things. And if so-and-so will like this gift or if they'll be disappointed or what family is going to be upset with us or all of these things get in the way. And we forget why you came. And so, Lord, would you help me not to get so lost in the busyness of this time, that I forget that you came to make me your son. To pull me out of my darkness. To shine a light that I could never create or earn for every single one of us. And Lord, I pray for the person in this room that may have never stepped into the light, who has never received you and believed in your name, God, would you draw them to yourself? God, for every other one of us, would you help us that when we think of Jesus, God, our hearts worship because you are willing to come. You are willing to put on a robe of flesh come and be rejected by your own creation so that we could be accepted by our creator and so Lord would you draw us in again would you help us to worship you with full hearts this morning full of joy in Jesus name we pray amen